hold on a minute. Somebody needs to say this episode of Arca Speak is brought to you by Arca. Wait, I just said it. I'll say it again. This episode of Arc Speak is brought to you by Arcat. If you work with specifications in your firm, you probably have come across outdated manufacturer specs with confusing notes, products that no longer exist, or even companies that no longer exist. Maybe you even pay for specs. Stop. There's a better way to find manufacturer specifications for your project documentation. Arcat.com. Arcat is a free library of over 1,400 up-to-date, accurate specifications. Arcat specs are written by... FCSI, CCS, and AIA professionals based on manufacturer data. Use RCAT's powerful search engine to find the right specifications for your project and download them in multiple formats for free. You don't even have to register. Just go over to RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com and get the information you need. And thanks to RCAT for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. Welcome to ArcaSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 158 of the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. All right, so end of the year, guys. 2018 is over. (laughs) I can't believe made it. made it through another one. <laughs> you sound so excited. <laughs> I loved it. It's a good year. It's very early. <laughs> yes, it is. As we record. Uh, all right. So Late for the year, early for you. Yeah. West Coasters. Wait, why are we doing this? Aren't we shut down? We're shut down. Everything. <laughs> shut it all down. A little um, current events here. Current events, yeah. So at the end of the year, we've we've done this a couple times, right? Where we've kind of gone back through the year and and talked about what what the shows what happened on the show and and maybe some I think more this time maybe looking forward. So as far as the show goes, we we had identified a few things that were kind of cool. Cormac, what what's one of them that that really stands out to you that happened in 2018? One of the things that I thought was pretty amazing was is that the show went live. That's right. I know that it was a little bit later in the year. That was October. Yeah, yeah in October, we uh, we took to the stage. And actually, I, I had a friend just the other day, a friend that was in the audience that was working on one of the projects that I'm working on in St. Louis. And I was just like, so uh, did I sound like an idiot? It's good to ask for that critical feedback. Yeah, he was like, no, it was great. Uh, he, and the answer? He said, he said no. He, he goes, oh, okay. He goes, actually... He said that overall, the, the you know from from his point of view, and I mean, he's he's listened to the um, podcast, and you know this is he goes, you can tell this was probably one of your first times, uh, you know, kind of all being on the same stage and all of that other stuff. He goes, he thought we did a great job. He said that just from his perspective, I know that we're gonna about to, I'm about to say something that is going to prompt a tweet from Uh-oh. a specific someone. But he says that he wished that the moderator would have let us talk more and them less. Them being the audience? No, them being the moderator. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember, yeah, I don't remember that. Actually, I th- I, to be quite honest with you, I thought, the, to me, the flow went great. Because I, I, I think with us, it really kind of being our first time, and, you know, we, we didn't practice. We never practice. We don't even talk about what we're going to talk about until we do it. Shh, don't tell people. Oh, did I? Secret sauce right there, yeah. No, Oops, no, no. kidding. <laughs> JK. <laughs> but, JK. <laughs> but. How old are you? Younger than you. Sans younger than you. <laughs> Sorry, Neil. You're not, even, you're not even awake. I don't want to take shots at you. You're not even awake. Anyway, no, okay. um, I, I thought it was fan. I, I thought that the construct show and us being able to get out on stage together, it was it was a completely different experience than we are used to doing. And I kind of want to do more. It was a great opportunity. Yeah. I, I think looking yeah. back on it, I wish that we had the foresight to actually film it so that we could watch it or maybe critique it a little, release that as part of our show. Um, yeah, well, that would be good too. Why not? Right. But yeah. um, that didn't happen obviously. So 
It, it, I think, yeah, especially from the self-critique kind of standpoint, it would have been valuable for sure. Yeah. And I felt like the the flow was, was good too. And so again, you know, maybe we don't know what we don't know here because we weren't the audience, but it was to me very welcome. And I said this, I think in my, my summary video that I made that I put on YouTube, but it, it was like, I liked how the audience got involved and it was yeah. a conversation and yes. it wasn't just mm-hmm. us. Like we, we talked about how we removed the the table and put the couches up there and made it much more <laughs> something fitting. We felt more fitting. We we designed the stage, right? It was it was set up for us in a very terrible way. Yeah, it was more to our style, which is just relaxed and conversational. Conversational, yeah. And I think that that helped. And then so when it actually became conversational, I think that that was something that I thought was unique to that setting you know that was the emerging professionals luncheon and it could be that right where a lot of times when you're speaking it can't be that so until you wait till the end for like some q a section but i felt like the the interactivity with the audience throughout the entire thing was was pretty cool even though some of it was like like when i stated some data and the other guy pushed back and where'd you get that data and i and i said you know i I felt like that was fine that was totally fine so. It was fine, and it was fun because you know you got you know it's kind of like a little heated, but it was also fun because it was that that's what we do, that's what we are. Is you know we question each other just to make sure we're right. Well, yeah, and there was, I mean, what what is good about that is I'm not going to just accept that thing that you said, but then exactly cite exactly. your sources, right? And that's yeah. good accountability. So yeah, nothing wrong. And the good with that. thing is is that you had the sources. <laughs> yeah. Ah, right. Okay. I didn't just right. make that up. Yeah. <laughs> so that was what my you know one of my favorite things of the year was that all three of us did together because you know we, we did a few things that unfortunately neil wasn't able to to do which was you know the aia show um the aia conference on architecture um which was in new york and would have been great to have all three of us there because i i think you know we always have fun when we get together mm-hmm. and and i think we had a blast and we had our our fill-in neil um Brad, mm-hmm. which was awesome, but he, you know, but it was, oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say Joan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Duh. Actually, she was our fill in pan. Can yeah. you, yeah. Can right. you, can you edit that out, Neil? Um, cause I should have most certainly said Joan. Cause I think, I think Brett would okay, like that. She won't listen. So <laughs> she won't listen. Brett won't listen, but you know, <laughs> Oh, Brett most certainly will. Yeah. yeah. Well, hi, Brett. Hi, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, in fact, actually, she was on the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we did have a pan, and and that it was. was awesome. I, I, yes. I will say that was kind of cool because to have a pan on the show, but to have a completely different perspective was really kind of cool. And and that conversation where we were having the conversation with both, you know, our longtime sponsor, our cat, you know, and having you know Bill on the show, and then having Joan on the show, and then just having us, and the flow was still the same though. You know, that's the one thing that carries through all of these is the flow of just being relaxed and conversational and, it, you know, not this whole weird Q&A kind of, you know, sterility Scripted to the thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I just, everybody just kind of like, everybody likes to talk about the thing that is passionate to them. And that was what was, was great about that one. All right. Well, you stole mine. So Neil, do you got any, uh, anything that you, <laughs> well, well, what was good, what was good for you year? about? Oh, no, I think just that. Everything that you said is something I definitely agree. And it was in a great setting. Um, oh, New York City yes. doesn't disappoint. I mean, even though it was like a little, little spread out throughout the city, I didn't mind that. And, you know, we walked our 30,000 steps a day. So it it wasn't lost on us that the city was our oyster at that. It was awesome. It was yeah. great. I'm looking forward to the next one in Vegas for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about it before the show, but it's one of those things where, for me, the best thing about AIA is that it is an opportunity for us to really connect with listeners of the show, with friends in the architect community, and you know that we don't get to see except for this one time a year. Uh, so I think to to me it's worth going just for that those reasons. Something that we talked about earlier pre-show is you know how my my skepticism of it being in Vegas, and I and I think like you know after listening to your rundown of. AU, I thought that, yeah, the, now I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to both seeing what 
the AIA can put together for, you know, in Vegas, but what Vegas, you know, can kind of offer up because not everybody gives, you know, Vegas. And I will admit that I was probably one of them a fair shake. And, um, and you know, you were, you were right when you were talking about Vegas is built for conferences. I mean, you know, that's what Vegas does and that's what Vegas does well. And we were kind of skeptical and, and kind of bowed out of going to Orlando probably for a very similar reason and probably missed out on some, some pretty fun things. But yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think this year, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm now optimistically, um, excited about it. Yeah. All right. So Neil, you got anything that you could pull from 2018 that you thought was notable? I would say the fact that we're still doing it. (laughs) (laughs) It, It's been a busy year for, for all of us. And, you know, I, I had a very busy fall. <laughs> I was going to say, and, uh, that's an understatement <laughs> for you. Yeah. And so just, just the fact that we, you know, we're still doing this and making it happen and talking about interesting topics and, you know, it's, it's still fun to do. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a fantastic segue into the thing that I thought we could maybe talk about next, which just would be some big things that happened this year personally for each one of us. And Neil, I mean, you're talking about it right now, right? I mean, <laughs> you you jumped off the deep end and went. You 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 tried to get elected, right? So that that's a huge huge goal. And and I don't. We all know that the outcome was not that was that you were not. But I think that the effort and the commitment that you put into that is amazing. So I mean, that was probably the biggest thing that happened for you this year. What 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 do you what's going through your mind about that? The interesting thing about that is, uh, especially as we sit here at the end of the year, looking forward to next year, it wasn't really on my radar, so to speak. Um, like if you had asked me last year, oh, am I going to do this? Um, I kind of thought I, I would, but I didn't really think about the reality that, that I would. Mm-hmm. And I kind of didn't think it would happen this this time around because I didn't know that one of the candidates or excuse me, not candidate, but one of the incumbents wasn't going to run. And I didn't really even know that until just days before the filing deadline. So it wasn't real until literally it happened. So as we look forward, sometimes you don't know exactly what's going to happen during your year and you can't necessarily prepare for it. So I would say that was one of the interesting look backs on it now is that as I sat at the end of 2017, the realities of what that would do and, and um, what it would mean and how in- all encompassing it really was for months. I have a different, uh, I've had all new respect, so to speak, uh, for politicians in general. It's, it's not easy. And and politics really sucks sometimes. <laughs> politics outweighs friendships and professional relationships. And that's the kind of ugliness that you tend to find out about when you're running a campaign and running running for an elected office position. So uh, that that's one of the takeaways, if you will, of, of looking back on it. But it, it really is a, a very all-encompassing i mean the the hour the amount of hours it reminded me of being back in school and and that kind of constant every single day you're doing something all day long it doesn't matter in fact even the weekends are even worse because the responsibility of in my case having to work uh, full-time is now gone on saturdays and sundays which means oh now i actually have time to full-time campaign and what events are there out there that I can attend and, uh, you know, shake hands and kiss babies, right? That's mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the line there, but, uh, there's a lot of truth to that. And so you end up spending a lot of your time doing that. And at the same time, just trying to, at the very beginning, okay, what, what do I stand for? What do I want to make a case for during this campaign? So, those are the things that kind of take away from from that, but it is a pretty all encompassing sort of thing that started in middle of July and didn't end until really election day in November, and it's still not over because there's still 
financial things that I'm wrapping up and have to do until the end of this year and like and reporting into the first part. Yeah, it's reporting things yeah. and so and some of that lingers for a little while as we wait to find out what the county ultimately is going to charge us for your filing fee. Mm. You may get a refund and you get that refund. It has to go back into your campaign account because that stuff's not yours. Right. It's your campaigns. And uh, it's it's a very interesting sort of um, separation that you have to maintain. Um, you know, my campaign account was with a different bank and you you don't mix any of this stuff, or at least you're not supposed to. I live in Washington and I see a completely... <laughs> different as <laughs> well the you know the interesting thing is is that there's a lot of rules even as a planning commissioner that i have to uh, abide by uh, that state and federal officials do not so they change the rules <laughs> for themselves and uh, i don't know Go how figure. a large campaign uh, the rules sure. for that but at least within the state of california the rules are the same as far as campaign finance stuff uh, whether you're uh, running for a state position or even a city council level, um, we all are ruled by the same set of rules here, at least in California. And it's uh, very overwhelming. I mean, I had to learn all of that uh, at the same time as running a campaign and getting out there and doing all of that. And But yeah, all the reporting, I was just actually doing some more, paying off some of the last bills that I had I'm on a separate credit card. I have to use a separate credit card. Starts with a zero balance. You can't, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of, um, a lot of things that go into it. So it's all stuff that kind of sounds obvious, but it, it takes work and effort to figure it yes. all out and learn it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the, the big thing for me. So that's why when I say, you know, I'm real proud of the fact that we continued doing the show and I appreciate you guys for stepping in and doing some things that uh, sometimes I do on the, for, you know, the back end on the show here. So how the sausage is made. So I appreciate you guys stepping up to do that. Cause it really is a team effort all the way around all year this year. Yeah. Well, but okay. So, you know, you, you went through this and it was huge and I always kind of felt this weird sense of pride. I was like, look at my friend, look what he's doing. I mean, he's getting out there and he's like putting, <laughs> He's putting his, you know, money where his mouth is, and he's like actually stepping up and, and doing this stuff, and and it was impressive as hell. Thank you. One of the things that I this reminds me of, and and maybe this is a, a little tangent we can go down for a little bit, but you've heard that the saying about being fat, dumb, and happy, right? And yeah, and so what are the things that that you got? I think that's something that has happened this year as a commonality between all three of us is that we've shown that we're not content being fat, dumb and happy. And, and so when I look at what Neil pulled off, that, that is a, a huge thing to undertake. I mean, you, you talk about, and <laughs> Neil, you generously, or I don't know if that's the right word, but you shared your sleep data. Like you showed us. <laughs> right? or, the, and, or the lack and there of. Was some, there was some serious sacrifice going on this year because yeah. Yeah. you put tons of effort into this. And I mean, you had a really high self expectation, I think, to really give it everything that you possibly could. And I think we all kind of have examples of that. I mean, for, for me this year, it was, we. I was finally able to turn the corner on digital practice in our office and that took a it, i would say it took a year and a half to two years of work wow. ahead of time to make that happen and i you know the stars did a line i'm not trying to take credit for all that because there's a lot of pressure from outside as well to for businesses to be better right and to come up with plans for the future and tell people how we're going to react to an ever-changing economy and practice of architecture, right? So we start to talk about those things, and it's like, well, we better figure this out, because if we don't, we're, we're going to be obsolete or not around in the future, right? So right. for me, that was probably the biggest corner that I was able to turn personally this year was to get us in alignment with with what that all meant and take that on. And it's, it's a way bigger thing than I ever thought it was, um, as I've learned more and, and come to understand it better, um, especially with all of the little tentacles that run out through all the different areas in our practice, 
and our firm is not small, right? So it's, it's one of those things where you have to build consensus and you've got to show people where we're headed and, and get people on board with that. And so it's, it's become a, a surprisingly, I mean, it's, it's exciting. Uh, and so when I go to work every day, I'm pumped, right? I mean, there's, I'm, I'm doing that thing that I've talked about on the show a lot. I'm designing the future. I'm designing the jobs. I'm designing where our practice is heading. And to me, like that is the exact spot that I want to be. And, and so when I look back on being fat, dumb and happy potentially, right. As a senior designer in the firm, I, I thought, okay, well, what can I do to really mix things up and really, and not just get stale in this environment? Like I don't, I can see what I don't want to be. I can see that I don't want to be the person 20 years from now or 15 years from now, who's like holding my hands up. Like I'm obsolete because we got all these great young people who are doing amazing things and you no longer need me. Right. So how can I stay relevant or how can I bridge the gap to get those people to, to just run with the scissors when they're older in the, in our firm, right. The emerging leaders. So you don't want to run with scissors though. Yeah. I'll run as fast as you can. man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we have a, an, a unique opportunity right now. So there's, um, there's a, there's things like that. I think that kind of run through each one of us and, and that kind of starts to show in the show, show in the show. Yeah. That didn't make sense, but show in our show reflect. Yeah. Because we're not, we're not just sitting around talking about the way things used to be. Right. We're right. not just sitting right. around talking about the way that back in my day, back in my, yeah, exactly. So, so I think that that's, that's kind of worth mentioning, you know, that, that, that is, even though the show is not planned and it is conversational, it, it's also rooted in trying to be better. Yeah. Now, I want to say one thing before we move past Neil's banner year. And I know it, that it didn't necessarily end the way that you wanted to on the election. But one of the things that I, again, take pride in sitting here saying, this is my friend and look what he did, is you got out there and you got your name noticed, right? Yeah. And now the, was it the Livermore downtown um, board? Yeah. Livermore downtown Inc. board of directors. Yes. I'm now on the board of directors. Did you think at the start of the year that that was going to happen for you? Oh gosh, no. See? And no, so, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I just like, you know, again, you know, this is you getting out there and getting your name out there and making things happen. And now you're a part of the forward direction of your town right in a different way yep <laughs> there's i i do term out uh as the listeners know i've been a planning commissioner for um, be eight years come next february just in a couple of months and i do term out so it's time to start looking at what else can i do i've, I've given 13 years with planning commission and uh the Historic Preservation Commission, and I'm termed out of that. So time to, you know, how do I, how do I contribute to my community in, in, in other ways, right? And that's what I think to me is amazingly respectable in your attitude about it is like, okay, well, I didn't get this, but I still want to keep helping. I still want to, you know, be a part of the future of my town. And, yeah. you know, you don't want to just say, okay, well, I'm done. So see you guys. Bye. Not ready to retire. No, yet. yeah, you're not ready to hang <laughs> your spurs. Yet. Exactly. So you know that's <laughs> got to have a lot of respect for. I mean, I have a lot of respect for you. I've got a lot yep. of like pride Thank for you. You, <laughs> you know, so oh, it's just I appreciate it's, it. It's it's amazing how <sighs> it just how refreshing it is that people you know want to be involved in. You know that the great thing about our network and all of the, like the branch of our friends, you know. Um, in all of the different activities that everybody does from, you know, people getting involved with the AIA and getting involved with emerging professionals, getting involved with podcasting that helps with um, people passing, you know, their AREs to other people who do podcasts that help do like small business encouragement and direction and stuff like that. You know, all of our friends that are out there doing great things for this profession, I mean, you 
you know, you typify that just as much, you know, both of you guys like typify that just as much as all of our friends. And it's kind of exciting to be part of the community that, you know, we live in both on the web and in general that, you know, sees all of these professionals that really want to make a difference in this profession Mm -hmm. that are actually out there putting that sweat equity in that really is just, that's what makes me excited. Not just about, you know, what has happened in the past, like say six years of us doing this podcast or, you know, the past year with 2018, but it really kind of gives me hope. And this should have been my little like thing for the end of our podcast, not the middle of it, but (laughs) (laughs) it kind of, we can end it now, but it just kind of like gives me, kind of gives me hope that, you know, the 2019 and beyond just this network of amazing awesomeness that we have around us is just going to be fantastic. And I was just talking to somebody yesterday in our office and I'm, you know, it was, he's, he's been involved with, um, you know, Noma and, and stuff like that and emerging professionals. And he was telling me, I was just like, well, are you going to go to the, um, coming conference? He's like, you know, yeah, I've got to. And I was like, well, why do you have to? And, you know, now he's getting involved with emerging professionals. And, you know, we know tons of people like, you know, Laura Teagarden and stuff who, you know, have been involved with uh, emerging professionals. And and he's kind of going to be that next run of things. And thankfully, he's actually going to be connected with Laura so that she can pass on her knowledge. I was like, you couldn't ask for anybody better to kind of be the trumpet for, you know, emerging professionals than her. And so now he's going to do that. And I, you know, I get to like watch all these young professionals basically picking up the mantle and running with kind of stuff that you guys set the examples for and all of our like friends set the examples for. So big encouragements for uh, the coming year. Yep, for sure. So Cormac talking about sweat, sweat equity this year for you. What did you, uh, I don't want to have to drag this out of you. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. Okay, so you got promoted. I did. Yeah. Yep. I did. I got promoted. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Senior associate. Yeah. That's awesome. And how did you do that, Cormac? <laughs> you just don't want to say it, do you? <laughs> oh, you mean that one of the criteria for senior associate is to finally get a a big monkey off my back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's worth mentioning. Yeah. That yeah. Finally, absolutely. Finally freaking happened. Here. <laughs> this is the thing, just so all of our listeners know why this is such an uncomfortable moment for Cormac right now is because Cormac doesn't want anybody to, to shower him with any kind of <laughs> no. accolades or, you know, like he's, he said before, he likes, to, he likes to support, the the team all right so take, take your but bow. you need so, to take your no, bow right no. now so he so here's why and what was interesting is is back when it happened and you still haven't even said what this is yet by the way so people are still so, just hanging so, on the edge of their seat just say it all right so so when when it happened that undisclosed thing happened my my boss luann green faia amazing boss an amazing leader and you know I'll, I'll tell you that i've learned a lot from her this year being in a lot of you know leadership development programs within our office that she doesn't just let it happen she's a, a leader by example i learned a lot throughout the year about you know just kind of like pushing through both so she came up to me and she's just big grin on her face and she's just like so i hear great things and and she's like why haven't i heard a square post you know about this and mm. A square, you know, we have our intranet, you know, where we kind of like make announcements and all this other stuff. We call it the square. Mina said the square, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I was just like, well, honestly, it's always been, and here's where I kind of like admit the the reality of things. It has always been a sense of embarrassment to not be a licensed architect because I do everything that everybody else does. Sometimes better, I will say that, you know, in a bit of egotism there. (laughs) Honesty. Sometimes better, but I can never call myself an architect because I never had the license. And a lot of it, you know, I had a little self-realization throughout the year of like, 
I've made excuses throughout the years of like, well, you know, I've worked for a firm that didn't, you know, didn't really require me to do it. So, you know, there goes eight years where I didn't really need to do it. They don't want me to sign in CEO. I'm too busy doing projects for them that somebody else will sign in CEO. So I'll go ahead and just, just keep doing that. I'll throw myself at my work and make sure that I'm the best at what I do at my work and never really kind of considered the ramifications of not having it. So I just kept going and kept going without it. And, you know, there was always this weird little sense of shame and embarrassment that I didn't have it, but in turn, I never really, you know, I was just like, okay, well, to to get past that, I'll just be good at what I do. Well, I've been called out numerous times. It's like, well, you know, you you never, you know, you're not putting, you know, your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, you know, it's kind of, you get to the point where, you know, it's just like, just shut up and do it because you talk your game, but you don't live your game. And so I was just like, all right, I will say, you know, there is, there is a, uh, a bit of monetary, um, incentive, monetary incentive, because it's just when you're told, Hey, this is the furthest you can go. You are more than capable of going as far as you want to go. But you can't go if you don't have, you know, if you don't have the credentials to go there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the credentials for a long time. Well, I do. I do now. This year brought that, it brought me busting my ass and finishing six out of the seven tests because I had one. <laughs> Silently just studying away while still working on three very large. It was, actually, it was, it was interesting as I got a really awesome note. From so I, I have this unit crest that I had given to you know I I brought it up in the leadership conference or leadership uh, development courses that we were doing in our office and it's this motto that says nullius pavit accursum means he fears no encounter it sounds good but I I think the one thing that I fear is the failure of not finishing these things up and all this other stuff and and I was like you know what no you just don't fear it. Do it. Get it done. Get it over with. The four architects by architects uh, moniker on our podcast can be truthful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I finished it. That's awesome. It was great. It was over with. And the thing that, you know, the only way that you guys knew that I had finished it is because then I decided that I was going to let the cat out the bag that I was promoted to senior associate at our firm and the only way to get promoted to senior associate in our firm is to have your license. My first hint was when we all wrote our bios for construct and yours said architect. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I notice things. <laughs> just say that. Do you notice things? <laughs> well, you know, it was just it you know, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't, you you're know, not the, you're, you're not the kind of person to claim that and not be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that is actually very, very true is that I will say this, that I still found it hard for me not to say, you know, architectural professional mm. rather you're than, so used to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so used to just saying architectural memory professional <laughs> than architect. Yeah. Good feeling. Officially right? after an extra extraordinarily painfully long time <laughs> well i hope you really celebrated that your family at least actually what, what's what's funny is so the day before i finished my you know my wife is a school teacher and she's got her certificate in florida but we've been gone so long that you know that's expired and then she had her one in alabama and we've been gone from there so long that that's expired and so she's been teaching in private schools in maryland and they don't need a public school license or certification. And the day before she finally finished all of her credentialing to get her Maryland license or yeah, her teaching, teaching certificate, teaching teacher's license, whatever it's called. And the day after I got mine. And so we kind of had this joint celebration of we're both legit for something that we've been doing forever. Yeah. Well, life gets in the way, right? And I think that one of the cool things about 
this doing it now is that you get to share this with our audience. And I think that that right there is just something that is worth aspiring to for people who listen. I will say this, the thing that I used to hold as my, like, I don't really know what I used to hold it as other than bullshit is what it is. A badge? This badge of, of, of honor bullshit. slash dis. No, <laughs> You, you've heard me say countless times that it's about the experience. It's, yes. it's what in, in the army, we were taught that you have to, you have to be experienced for the job that you want. You don't get the job you want and then become experienced. And so I used to always hold that up as this mm-hmm. bullshit badge of like, you, you know, didn't have enough experience. yet. I didn't have enough. <laughs> and then. You'll never will. <laughs> and that was the thing that always never clicked in my head. It's like, you will never have enough experience. There will always be the next project that will be completely different from the project before. And you're going to have different yep. experience with clients that is going to be completely different from the time before. And so to continuously use this bullshit excuse of, well, you know, I'm just not, you know, experienced enough to call myself a legit architect. That's a bunch of horseshit. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I have the utmost respect for, you know, these, anybody who's, and I don't want to call them kids because I feel like that's a little disrespectful to them because they're not. They're young professionals who graduate. They put in their time to earn their degree. They put in their time to earn their, their licensure. And yeah, they're going to learn along the way the stuff that I already knew, but that's okay. As long as they're there to learn it and they're willing to learn it and they're willing to put in the time and put in the passion that it is, you know, the, the horseshit excuse that I had to not get it done was just that it was just horseshit. And it was something that now, after the fact, I wish I would have, you know, been able to have a bigger boot to put up my ass (laughs) to, uh, um, well, we kept trying. <laughs> well, you, and you guys did, and you. I wrote that book for you, damn it. And I read it. <laughs> and I will let me give two, three, well, four shout outs. One, Evan, that book. Well, just put it this way, Evan and Neil, you're you're you guys continuously keep encouraging me to get this shit done. Not just you know, not for any selfish reasons other than you knew that it doesn't help me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> there was no, there was, there was nothing, there was no ulterior motives. It was just, you guys like, you know, were there to encourage me, you know, writing the book. I'm going to throw out a, a big shout out to Laura Teagarden because she, those books that she wrote. Now I used them when I was doing the four O that then transitioned to the five O and her architectural sketches that she wrote for the ARE those things are great. They're, I mean, for visual learner people that aren't necessarily like book learners, but you know, you need that like visual prompt to kind of like remind you what you know certain key concepts and things are. But those are brilliant. I mean, I'd love for her to, and if if I can help, but I mean, I would love for her to do like a five O version of those things because I mean, those were absolute brilliant things, and so. I mean, she was a great help just by, I mean, both encouragement, but also that. And then I'm going to give a special interesting shout out to Mr. Borson, who through a a bit of like ridicule and shame (laughs) and shaming of me at one point in time and not intentional. It was not intentional. It was just, he was surprised that I wasn't licensed in a reaction that he had that then kind of like piled on a bunch of other people to basically have this kind of like almost shock and almost dismay of like, what? You're not licensed? Was a, was one of those things that just kind of was that, that fuel of, of burning Mm -hmm. desire, if you want to call it that, to finally get this crap done. Nice. Just got to be shamed by the right person at the right time. I got to be shamed by the right person by the right (laughs) time. You guys did your own, you know, like... You you shamed me enough as well. Shame me, yeah. <laughs> that was that was off off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I, I think what I want to say to both of you guys is just thanks for showing leadership in the things that you've accomplished this year. And I think that to to kind of not keep this conversation focused inward, but to kind of refocus it outward, is that I don't think that you can expect people to do the uncomfortable things that so that you get out of fat, dumb, and happy if you don't do it yourself. And so I would just encourage everybody who's listening to this to find ways to get out of your comfort zone. And if, if it doesn't have to be something as big as maybe some of these accomplishments we're talking about, it can be something much smaller. But if you, if you are constantly comfortable, you're not going to be able to expect somebody else to be uncomfortable for you or to accomplish something amazing if you don't show some leadership and do it too. It will be self-serving at some level, but it will also get the flywheel turning of things happening that, you know, like, like we talked about with Neil, right? He, he didn't win the election, but opportunities have come out of this. We right. talked about it with right. this podcast before. Just showing up every two weeks has created amazing opportunities. Once you get the flywheel turning by getting out of your comfort zone and trying something that means something to somebody. It can mean something to you. It can mean something to somebody else. Um, it could be just just for, for the greater good. I mean, it doesn't matter. But if you can help get the flywheel turning, everybody's going to be better for that. And it's it's going to move beyond you. So a little bit of outward-facing encouragement there for everybody, especially as we, you know, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, but I do believe in being better. And I think there's never right. a better time to start then right now it just happens to be almost 2019. <laughs> and so <laughs> if you want to attribute it to that, to a, to a fresh start, then use that excuse by all means. I mean, do it right. But, but definitely don't sit around being dumb, fat and happy uh, because I, and the, taking it back to Brett, you know, there was a, a Brett and I worked together and he was our Neil stand in at the AIA show. But one of the things that we did when we were talking to Neil on that Skype call, I think Neil, you had asked, you know, what, what's different. And, and one of the things that came up was that I'm not going to wait around anymore. I'm not going to, I'm going to not going to just sit around. We're, and, and I looked over at Brett and, and, you know, I'm not refer, I'm paraphrasing the conversation, but I looked over at Brett and said, and there's Brett right there who's going to keep me accountable to this because he he sits next to me. And he smiled back like, yes, I am going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yes, he will. And he does, right? And it, it's one of those things where Brett and I have this long-standing relationship, and we we do talk about these kinds of things. And one of the things I said to Brett a very long time ago when Brett was complaining about something was, well, what are you going to do about it? Right. And he brings that up all the time now. To me, too, yeah. right? And yeah. to other people. And that right there is something that, you know, I, I wish more people did. So if there's anything that comes out of the show, I mean, I hope that this is one of those big things. And you guys showed that this year for sure. And I, I think that that's worth talking about. So thanks for opening up there, Cormac, about the thing that you didn't want to talk about. <laughs> that was great. Thanks. Congratulations Appreciate from the entire Arcus yeah. Beat crew. Thank you. That was totally stealthy. I know I was distracted this fall, so I completely missed the whole you had architect there when we did construct. So, bravo. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't going to bring it up, right? So, no. We pried no, it out of him. Bring nothing up. <laughs> cool. I wasn't going to say nothing. Yep. And I have no idea why either. <laughs> Well, maybe to wrap up, you guys have anything that you're really uh, looking forward to doing or accomplishing or, you know, getting unfat, undumb and un, you know, this year, 2019? Yeah, actually, I have a few things. And one of them, going back to my conversation with, with my boss, was is when she was just like, she understands like the whole, you know, kind of the whatever, you know, embarrassment of not having it and all that other stuff. And, and it gets to a point, you know, sometimes when you're so late in your career and you don't have something or not late in my career, but you know what I'm saying that, you know, you've, you've been doing it for so long that you're just like, eh, you know, I've been doing it so long. So what's the point in getting it? And I can just keep on going. And we have a few people in our office like that. And she was just like, can you use your story to like encourage other people to 
that it's never too late to get your license. It's never too late to get the things that you think that you want or, you know, even deserve in the profession that is being, you're being held back by, you know, the lack of credentials and stuff like that and help those people that haven't really don't have the motivation or feel like they can't do it, help them out. And so that's my, your new charge. It's my new charge is, you know, how do, how can I help the people who've taken so long and still don't have it or they're, you know, halfway through it or something? How can I encourage them to get it done, put that part behind them? So, cause they still have, I mean, we architecture careers, we live a long career. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I know so many people that are like in their seventies and are still charging hard and in this profession and are still doing valued work. So if like you're in your forties and you know, you don't have your, your license, but you're you know, an emerging you're, professional, you're still emerging professional. <laughs> I mean, and Absolutely. you know what you can use. This is such a quick changing profession and all of this stuff that all the experience that we do have as kind of mid-career guys that still have a lot of value to it. We still bring a lot to the table. So that's like my big charge for from here on out is to help, you know, not only continue to help foster and develop a mentorship for, you know, people who are newer in the profession, but, you know, help foster a level of mentorship for the people who've been here a while. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Neil, you got anything you want to get better at? 2019 you had a list of stuff i do well I'll, I'll kind of go through a little bit of it but one of the things i discovered i don't know if discovered is the right thing i mean social media has been with us now for a while and that was a big part of how we even got to know each other right i mean it, mm -hmm. it was the reason yeah and absolutely. <laughs> it's the reason this show exists then during the campaign i had to change priorities, right? There's only so much time in every day. And as no matter what I did, I couldn't, I couldn't stay awake for all 24 of those hours. What? <laughs> Good for you. Neil. I, I, you guys saw the chart. I at <laughs> least slept one to two hours on some, most of those nights. But, but what I'm, where I'm going with this is that I had to cut back a lot on social media and just now that I'd now part of my social media was obviously focused on the campaign. And so there was that part of it, but my kind of personal sort of interaction with other people uh, through social media really dropped off and that's okay. You didn't miss it. <laughs> I didn't miss it. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me moving forward is again, it's all part of this sort of changing everything, right? I'm, I'm terming out as a planning commissioner. I'm looking at new opportunities and, and expanding in different areas. And uh, so a part of it is to just kind of back away from some social media, cut back on the noise is what I called it right. uh, in my notes. And I've, I've done a lot of that just because of the campaign. And I've kind of continued to do that since, and it's okay. Yeah. You know, I'm not following as many groups and I've, I've moved, I've actually unfollowed a number of groups and, and I hope some people that run those groups are not offended. It's not you, it's me, <laughs> but <laughs> that's uh, what they all say. That's what they say. Yeah. So just, just kind of backing away a little bit from that and refocusing. Uh, I, if I learned anything during the campaign was that you can focus on different things and a lot of great things can happen out of that, but change, right? I mean, it's, it's part of it is just change. I've been doing a lot of the same types of things for a number of years and now I'm being forced to change. And the campaign, of course, was another way to try and change that. And it's opened up a lot of doors. So I'm just, I'm trying to change up the routine a little bit and social media back, you know, cutting back on the noise a little bit is part of that. And then another thing, this is more from a work aspect. One of the things I've moved into doing a lot of this year, which is new for me in my career is full service CA 
and going through the construction process on very difficult jobs. And most of the stuff I'm, or all of the stuff I'm doing right now is, is affordable housing rehab work. And the rehab portion of that is quite the challenge because it seems like every day there's a new issue with a project, right? And, and it's oftentimes not even like our drawings are fine, maybe, or, you know, there, there's, good as can be, but there's just unforeseen conditions when you start tearing open a building that you didn't know. And so the eight or six a, a day RFIs that we're getting are not necessarily things that we didn't fully explain in the drawings, but just here, here's an, here's something that has come up and just dealing with those types of things and uh, trying to find, so my, my, goal for hopefully next year is is how do I find ways to be more efficient when we manage and track these RFI submittals and now punch lists on some of the projects that uh, are nearing completion and we're doing some punching uh, on that and so actually I'm going to throw this out to our listeners um, if you have suggestions on more efficient ways to track and manage some of this information and all this data, if you will, please let me know. Reach out to me through social media. I will respond. <laughs> it's, the, it's the new inbox. Yeah, it's the new inbox, I guess. But uh, our, our firm, traditional architectural firm, right? I mean, as you try and push your firm, Evan, in digital practice, firms don't often change quickly. And they get set in their ways and they work. And why bother changing it? And so I'm all about how do I get more efficient and putting things into a spreadsheet is to me is not, not always the most efficient way to do things. One yeah. thing that I could just, if I could mention this, that I hope you do is when you learn something like we're going to get people telling you, you know, use, use this, use that. Right. If you find something you like, share it with your firm. Because one thing that I'm yeah. noticing moving into my role is that, you cannot believe how many different ways there are to do one thing in the same firm. And right. nobody wins because of that. In fact, everybody gets a little more separated when that happens. And so when you find a really great thing, show the value to as many people as you can and, and just get them to start trying it. Because it, it is a long road to change, right? It's it's incremental, small little things until you've you've gotten to the point where where you really feel like something like that can take hold um, because yeah, people don't want to do it a new way. They want to do it the way they've always done it and they love their Excel right. spreadsheets and, and this and that. But if you can really show value and, and share that and get other people to understand why a smarter system is better for the firm and not just you, um, that kind right. of thing is, is really valuable and will help your firm move forward. Like, because you, you, you said, you know, you're, you're looking for smarter ways to do stuff and most people are not. They're just looking for the same way to do stuff that they've always done it. Yeah. Well, the whole goal here is, is not just for me to be able to do it. I'm going to start because I have to, but the whole goal is to how to, in fact, just yesterday I was showing a coworker, I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this? You know, I kind of, I'm, I'm experimenting and I was using plan grid actually for punch list and I just started experimenting. I'm doing the trial period and I entered some things and how can I export this? Because, you know, there's not other team members in this case, it's just me. So how do I use, utilize this tool in a way that I can show is, is going to be productive. And he, he was like, ah, I like this, you know, I like where you're headed. Let's see where it goes. And so I'm going to, I'm going to keep Plugging away at that, actually. If you get a project actually. manager excited, man, you've, you're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything yes, to make our lives uh, a little bit easier. are full of excitement. They oh. are all joy. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Uh, yeah. So, the, I mean, those are some of the things uh, that I want to try and do, just not only personally, but uh, for our, our my, you know, for my work for as well, is how do we find a way that different tools can be productive and convince people to, to move in that direction to, to better everyone. Right. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the goal. And you, Mr. Troxel, I think that there's, there's a couple things here that I'm thinking about that are, I guess, I guess they kind of steer me in the direction of it's not about me. So the, 
the biggest thing on my list is how figuring out ways to remove other people's roadblocks so that they can do the amazing things that they want to do. And I think that that, again, I mean, that's one of the differences between, I learned that lesson a long time, actually a long time ago when I worked at Apple, one of my mentors there said, you could do anything that you want here. Like they see this amazing potential, right? They're, they're just, and so he said, Hey, uh, you could do whatever you want to do here. Tell me where you want to go and I'll do everything I can to help you get there, which means remove those roadblocks. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I see that opportunity. We've got 350 people in our firm. A lot of them want to do amazing things, but don't feel the permission to do it, or they don't feel like they have a clear vision of of what the path is to get there. Um, So that's probably one of the bigger things. One of the things that I really want to do is raise the level of my surrounding relationships. You know, they say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If you just search for that on the internet, you'll find lots of great Hmm. um, things about that. And so like what, who, who is a right around you? Who are you placing around you? I mean, I have an amazing spouse. Um, I've got some amazing friends. What can I do to reach out and get out of my comfort zone and really find a great mentor or a great coach. I don't think that anybody should be without that. I don't care how old you are. Um, there's always somebody who knows something more than you do, and they can teach that to you. Yep. So that's something that's really just forefront on my radar as well. And then the last thing is you know, we did this this year. Uh, I think it was... Know Thyself, the name of our episode, um, where we did the DISC profile. And I've had the opportunity to do some some more leadership training in the office. And we once again did the DISC profile. And guess what? Mine didn't change. But um, this is one of those things that I think if you understand different people's behavior, their traits that are different than yours, um, you can actually learn how to work with them in a way that basically is speaking their language or helping them understand what your language is. And because there's four different quadrants on that disc profile, right? There was D I S C and I'm a, I'm an S and Neil, you were a D. Um, Cormac, were you, were you an I? Do you remember? I, th- I think so. Yeah. I think we were all in different quadrants, but what's, yeah, what's in- yeah. and what's interesting is everybody has all four quadrants in their personality. It's not like you are just one. And actually, what's what's interesting about this particular profiling tool is that the closer you are to the center of the circle of quadrants, the easier it is for you to switch between all four. Like you can you can change your position based on the scenario that you're in. So, the farther out you are towards the outer edge of the circle, the harder it is for you to change your behavior in different situations. So, for me, I'm actually fairly close to the center. On the S, and to me that means that I have a pretty good ability to maneuver between different leadership styles and between different behavior traits, and I think that that isn't going to be an asset for me, especially starting a brand new practice in our firm where people don't necessarily understand it. It's taking a really long time for some people to wrap their heads around it and what it is, and what I've learned is I have to communicate the vision in different ways to different people so that it matters to them and their style. And so that's something I'm really looking forward into getting more into this year is learning how to work with people in a leadership role and make us a cohesive team because we we need all these different traits to be successful. We need the ability to be nimble and have different people step up when the different needs arise and you know everyone's got the kind of their their way of doing things and we all have to figure out how to work together. So it's not like you're not trying to say one is better than the other. You're trying to say, how do we work together? You actually need all of these different assets. And I want to learn how to communicate the most effective way that I can with all these different types. So that's something that I'm really going to be focusing on, I think, in the in the beginning of the year. Because if I just continue to, to explain things the Evan way, a lot of people aren't going to get that. And I, I'm not going to be as successful if I can't learn to speak other people's languages and values so that they understand and are on the same path as I am. Because like I was just telling you, Neil, with that, if you don't share it, like it's never going to become a thing. It's just going to be your thing. And 
that can't happen with what I'm trying to do in my office. It has to become standards and it has to become basically culture throughout our entire firm. And there's no way for that to happen if I can't get the message across to all these different ways that people think. So those are kind of big, the big picture stuff that I'm really focused on this year, this coming year, I should say. As the Care Bears say, if you don't share it, you don't care it. <laughs> that's what. The, that's exactly what. That's the exact quote. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Exactly. I will say one thing, Neil, and I'll be reaching out to you um, on a personal goal. I've actually already started training for the Army Ten Miler that I will be hey, running this year. Nice, awesome. Yes, I I didn't mention it before, but I will. I did get into the the. The Big Sur International Marathon. It's a, a lottery system, and oh. um, I ran it last. I ran it this year, twenty eighteen, and I got in for twenty nineteen. So cool! I will be uh, cool means you training for that as well this uh, this winter and into spring. Awesome! I can, I never thought that this would be a podcast with three runners, but I think it's kind of turning in. I mean, Neil, I don't think I'll ever catch up to you, but no, <laughs> that's okay. You won't catch me on the rock climbing wall. Hell no. Oh, no, I'll stay away from that. <laughs> Just the photos you send make me dizzy. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 no climbing. No climbing. What were you going to say about 9,000? 9, 9,000 miles since I started tracking my runs. Jeez. I should be able to get there by so next year. So that or I is will. at least two trips back and forth across the country or at least one there and back and halfway. It's the uh, yeah. What is it? About three thousand miles across the country. Yeah. So you're give or take across this country. So you've run from your house to my house to back to your house, and now you're at my house. I'm heading. So now I'm you coming need back to... to you now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about eight hundred miles away. I thought you were going to say something about it was about ten miles a year that he was running. No, that's my running. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would just make him really old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, as we all know, oh shut is. up! <laughs> oh Jesus! Come on, we got to finish the year off right. <laughs> all right, I think we should take this one out. We got you guys run. ready? Yep, time to go. All right, so the, hey, everyone, um, happy holidays to everybody. Uh, happy holidays. Definitely first couple of days from Christmas. Happy right Festivus! Now, so. Festivus for passed? the rest of us. Merry, merry, cheer, cheer, joy to all. All right. Anyway, <laughs> hey. Let's remind everyone that this episode is brought to you by our good friends at RCAT, and the music is by a special band called System Kid. Subscribe to ArcaSpeak on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can also listen directly from the site, as many people do, at ArcaSpeakPodcast.com. You can follow us on social media, mainly Twitter and Facebook. I don't know. What else? Probably some other things, too. Links to all of those can be found over at our website, and it's been a good year, guys. Thanks to everyone year. for listening. And please remember to stay subscribed and tell a friend. You know, we'd like to get some more listeners. Happy New Year. And remember, this community isn't anything without the support. So support each other. There you go. It's a good message.
Cause you tell me Every little thing's gonna be 